Christ our cornerstone. We want to welcome you this morning to Paradise Valley Christian Church. If you're brand new with us this morning, thank you t- for taking the time to visit. And uh, if you have not already had a chance to fill out a Connect card, you can actually go online, pvcc.info, and you can fill out an electronic uh, Connect card. As well as there are past sermons online. Uh, and if you are not caught up with our series on Here, There from First Peter, we'd love for you to, to go back and hear through some of those messages to get kind of caught up on what's going on. This morning, as we think about this idea of Christ, our cornerstone, from 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4, Bodhi read uh, verses 4 through 6, and we're going to go all the way down through 8, and as we look at this concept of cornerstone, I, I think about uh, an old commercial, and it's, I think they bring it around every once in a while, but it was a truck commercial, and it, was, it said it was like a rock. Anybody know what that was? What company? Chevy, all right, okay, so yeah, Chevy, like a rock, all right, and then there was a, a prison that was also named The Rock, anybody know the name of that prison? Alcatraz, okay, all right, and then uh, we have a nickname for a diamond, and that oftentimes is what? A rock, okay, and then there's an insurance company, man, I, sw- I, I might have Skipped over this one. There's an insurance company that says, get a piece of the rock. Anybody know what that is? Prudential. Man, you guys are good on your commercials. All right. And then, of course, there's a a gentleman that looks very similar to myself named Dwayne Johnson. And and his nickname is The Rock. All right. Yeah. Similarities there? I, I think so a little bit. All right. Okay. These terms and names and phrases and others indicate something that's strong, something that's resolute, something that's dependable or tough. And this body of believers here at PV, man, you're already filled. We have many that have great strength and depth in their faith. There are many youth and adults who are strong in the scriptures, who have served the Lord for years and have been faithful In all things. But the ultimate strength of the church is not necessarily the body, you, I, or even all of us combined. The strength is in the head, the bridegroom, the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 20 tells us what happens in the context of when we surrender our lives to Christ. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus by saying, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You see, this scripture reminds us that as we are here on this earth, we are strangers and foreigners in this world, but when we are in Christ, we are no longer foreigners. We are no longer strangers. When it comes to the kingdom of God here and there, in fact, we are citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And this and other scriptures that we're going to look at this morning also remind us 
who this church and every other church must be built upon, and that's Jesus Christ. If we build our lives or this congregation on anything else but Christ, we will not last. We will fail. We pray with me, God, this morning as we look to your word for, for wisdom, for instruction, for guidance, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit, as he is right here amongst us, would shape us and change us and convict us and encourage us in order that we might live the way that you've called us to live in a strong, passionate, sold-out way that draws others to you as we reach out into the harvest field. Father, I pray that we see you as our cornerstone this morning. It's the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So as we look into 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4, it says, As you come to him, talking about Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God, and precious to him, skipping down to verse 6, we'll come back to 5, for in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him, will never be put to shame. If you're taking notes this morning, I just want to get across three things. The first one, that Jesus is our cornerstone. The second thing is, is that he can be a building block in your life. Or the third thing is, is that he can be a stumbling block in your life. As we look at this, the book of Isaiah has many references to the Messiah to come. In fact, this verse of verse 6 is a prophecy of the Messiah. In several places, he's referred to in Isaiah as the cornerstone, such as in Isaiah 28, verse 16 and 17, where we read, So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. See, God is speaking to scoffers, and and he's speaking to boasters when he refers to the cornerstone, his precious son, who provides the firm foundation for their lives if they would but trust in him. Isaiah uses construction terminology like a measuring line or a plumb line. I was watching an HGTV show, which I mentioned last week that I like to do, and I was noticing, and I'm sure this has been around for a long time, but I've put tile up on walls before, and I just kind of eyeball it, you know, uh, really good tile work, you know, and, and this this individual, they were so good, they had like a, a laser level going up the wall so that they could keep their tiles nice in line so that as it went out, it stayed nice in line, and that's what Isaiah does here He uses this idea of a measuring line or a plumb line, this this construction terminology that a lot of people at at that time would understand. And again, in verse 16 of Isaiah 28, he talks about this idea of a tried stone. A tried stone is a fine-grained stone used for carving statues. Stone is a solid, non-metallic mineral matter of which rock is made. A piece of stone can be shaped for a specific purpose. And in every stone building, one stone is crucial. 
It is laid first, and it is to ensure that the building is square and stable. It is the rock upon which the weight of the entire structure rests. It is the cornerstone. And scripture describes Jesus as our chief cornerstone. Our chief cornerstone of our faith. And as the chief cornerstone, Jesus ensures the stability of the whole system of our salvation. Jesus was and is the only plan of salvation. Which is why we read in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Once again, if, if Jesus isn't our cornerstone in this body of believers, then we aren't being the church that God has called us to be. But praise the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord that I truly believe that in the past 52 years that this church body has been in existence, Jesus Christ has been the very foundation of our beliefs and our teachings. And guess what? Jesus continues to be our foundation. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because without him as our chief cornerstone, then we're just a social group meeting together. We're just a country club that likes to hang out and spend time with one another. It's more than that. We are founded on Jesus Christ and his teachings from his word. And if we don't stick to that, then what's the point? You see, Jesus is our cornerstone, according to 1 Peter chapter 2. We also see that Jesus is what we're going to build on. He's a building block in our spiritual lives. In verse 5, it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 7, says, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. And I, I don't know about you, but I love Legos. I love growing up with Legos. Uh, in fact, Legos are something that I feel is very timeless. Whoever thought of Legos, they were genius because they're making money upon, you know, hand over fist. And they've been doing it for a lot of years. And, and today they, they have cartoon Legos on Netflix. You know, you have the, the Lego movies that have come out. And there's a lot of people that love Legos. And I'm one of them. I, I love Legos. And I've kind of... Uh, I've allowed my kids to, or pushed it on them, I don't know, but that my kids, my kids love Legos as well. In fact, they, they have this blue container, and it says Lego right here, and this, this little box full of Legos, this box is not brand new. In fact, uh, this is a box that my mom and dad bought for me when I was a kid. In fact, I always hated it because it was always snapped shut so tight, my little fingers, I couldn't, I couldn't ever get it up. But since I began to look like Dwayne Johnson, I can finally get this, get this opened up here. But this is something that I, I love, the idea of building things. I love the, the creativity that goes into it. And when I was young, I, I was much better at being creativity. But today, I'm more like Emmett. Anybody know Emmett off of the Lego movies? 
You know, Emmett is known for getting the job done, building something, but he was very particular to how he wanted to go about building that. He wanted to follow the instructions. He wanted to go to the instruction manual, and he wanted to take piece 77496 and connect it to piece 34972, you know. He didn't want any random other piece to show up in the middle of that. And as I think about my children, man, they are way more creative than I could ever begin to. They, they come up and they take those, you know, little skinny flat pieces that have like 12 little dots on them, you know, and they, they connect one to the other. And pretty soon they have this big string, and then they have like a little piece that comes off the side, and they say, it's an airplane, you know, and I'm thinking... That thing is going to crash and burn in a hurry, but for them, you know, it's an airplane. Or they take other blocks, and they kind of just kind of stack them on top of the other. And pretty soon, Brooks is my four-year-old's holding just a stack of random blocks, and he's all, it's a gun, you know. And, and he has this creative mind of just building things and putting wheels on things. And, and I, I do remember back when there would be, like, little things that these are lasers or these are this. But for the most part, I want to go to the instruction manual. I want to build what I've been called to build like Emmett would. And I think when it comes to building our lives in Jesus Christ, when it comes to building the church, the body of Christ on the cornerstone of Jesus, that I think we need to be both like Emmett and like children. Emmett was willing again to go to the instruction manual. And I believe as the body of Christ, I believe as individuals on a day-to-day -day basis, you got to go to the instruction manual. If you're going to build your life on Jesus Christ, you got to go to where it tells you exactly how to do that. But I also believe that we need to take the God-given creative abilities that God has blessed each and every one of us with and continually think about how can we reach out to a lost and dying world? How can we take the truth of God's word and not vary from it, not, not go away from it, but how do we become creative in thinking of how we can reach the lost for Jesus Christ? I think about this idea of Jesus and building and rocks, and guess what comes to my mind? The old children's song, the children's song that talks about this idea of building our lives on Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about that song, but before we get to that song, I want to once again go to verse 5, where it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And as I think about this idea of building my life on Jesus, am I sacrificing anything? Do I look exactly like the world? Tommy uh, in youth group the other week talked about this idea of sometimes we want to be lone rangers. And so he was giving an example of a guy that went out and was trying to live life out in the wilderness all by himself. And there's TV shows about that. And he talked about, has anybody ever done that where you just completely shut everything out and you've gone out and, and lived out in the world with nothing? And my son Bodie, sixth grader, raised his hand. He's like, yeah, we did that when we went on the road. 
And I'm sitting in the room as he says that, and I said, son, we had a 40-foot fifth wheel that had two air conditioners. That every RV park we went to, we hooked into electricity and water and sewer, and we were not out and just trying to live just on our own by ourselves. And I think about when it comes to are we sacrificing anything? We didn't sacrifice anything on the road. Yeah, were we in a 400-square-foot space with nine people? Yeah. That was a little bit of a sacrifice, but we didn't sacrifice a whole lot. And I think as Americans, are we sacrificing anything when it comes to our walk with Christ? Do we give up certain TV shows because we know that they're not bringing honor and glory to God? Do we sacrifice time away from internet or movies in order so that we can spend time with our children or spend time in God's word instructing them? Do we sacrifice anything? Do we, do we give up time, you know, on the golf course or out in a sporting event or reading at the library? Or do we give up any of those times that are our time in order that we can give back the body of Christ? Are we a holy priesthood that is offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ? Well, I mentioned the idea of a, a, a children's song from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Some of you may be familiar with this song. And so you can answer these questions for me. The wise man built his house upon the what? The rock, okay? And the foolish man built his house upon the what? Sand. I was informed by Dan uh, McClenahan this morning that the difference between rock and sand is that the sand has lost it's connectivity. He used a different word than that. It was more scientific. But the, the bond, the bond of the sand has been lost. It used to be a rock. But the sand has dissipated. And, and so thinking about this idea of building, where are we building? On the rock or the sand? And when the rains came down and the floods came up, what happened to the house on the rock? Stood firm. Well, what happened to the house on the sand? It fell flat or it crashed, yes. In Matthew 7, if you want to turn over there, verse 24 through 29, we hear that song and we talk, think about the idea of building our life on Jesus Christ, but there's a little bit more to it that maybe sometimes we overlook. Verse 24 says, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And so this morning, are you the wise builder that takes what you hear and what you are being taught, and are you putting it into practice? Or are you falling into the category of being a foolish builder 
that ends up with a house that falls flat because you aren't willing to be obedient to God's word. Are you allowing Jesus and his teachings to become a stumbling block in your life? And as we read verses 7, the last part of 7, verse 8, we see this concept of a stumbling block. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now, I mentioned earlier that I, I love Legos. You know, I love them when they're, like, at a Lego station. I, we've been to uh, Legoland in California as well as Legoland in Florida. And, man, those, if you haven't ever been to Legoland, you should go because it's fun. It's amazing. All the things that I would, I would go, <laughs> I would, there's a, a phrase I kept saying to Autumn over and over. I said, this is all made out of Lego. She's all, I know, I know. And we go to the next thing, and they had like a Ford Mustang car, and it was all made out of Legos. And she's all, I know, I know. And, and it's, it's, I love Legos, but I don't love Legos when they're on the ground. You, you know what I'm saying there? Because they become a stumbling block. Here's a picture of the Rebriculus group. They're on YouTube. They're called Rebriculus, and they do lots of random things with Legos. I'm not endorsing them. I've only watched one YouTube video, and this is, it was a video where they were walking around on bricks in a, in a pattern, in a course, and the lady with the gray uh, skirt and the, and the little um, thing that she's holding, uh, she was there as part of the Guinness Book of World Records judge. And so they were breaking the record for how long, how many feet they could walk bare feet on Legos. And that's, that's really not my thing, but it's not even, this guy wasn't the guy that broke the record. It's the guy that's over there bending over with his hands on his knees. And they broke the record by a ton. This guy walked the course forwards and backwards eight times on Legos barefoot for 1,264 feet six inches on Legos, as far as I know, they have the world record for the longest walking barefoot on Legos. And for me, I can't hardly even go like even two or three feet at all. I'm like, ah, ooh, ah. You know, I kind of have sensitive feet. I like to actually wear shoes most of the time because my feet are so sensitive. I don't know how my kids got like strong feet. They go to Jamaica. They don't wear shoes or socks. They come here. It's wintertime. They don't like to wear shoes or socks. I like to wear shoes and socks because my feet are sensitive and I can't be Begin to imagine tripping over the Legos or something that maybe is out of place. Something that takes place in our lives where I come down the steps around the corner at the Berlin's house and, and normally it's nice and clear path. And there's times where my children have just thrown something down and left it and ran upstairs and I come down and I trip over it. It becomes a stumbling block in my life. And oftentimes we kind of picture the idea of a stumbling block as small, but in my mind I picture it as something huge. And, and again, a rock can stand for strength, it can stand for security, a firm foundation, and so on. But in different circumstances, it could be something that can hinder 
And it can make it difficult to get through or hard to accept. And I picture a stumbling block as something similar to a, maybe a rock slide uh, where a huge rock has blocked your road if you're traveling. And, and there's no way to get around that. And as I kind of thought about this idea, I looked up a news story back in May of 2019. The Fox News headline read, Colorado Highway Closed Indefinitely After Massive Boulders Smash Roadway. The massive rock that blocked the highway was estimated to be 2.3 million pounds. It tumbled down as part of a significant, very much so, rock fall along Colorado Highway 145, about 12 miles north of Dolores, located in the southwest part of the state. A photo posted by the city of Uray showed a person standing in front of one of the boulders, which officials said is the size of a building. This other large boulder carved an eight-foot trench as it went over the roadway and is estimated to weigh 8.5 million pounds. And for some people in this life, the teachings of Christ are like a boulder blocking their way because they want to live how they want to live. It becomes a stumbling block, something that they can't just get over. They aren't willing to surrender their will in order to be obedient to God's will. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. You see, the message of the cross confronts each person with a spiritual crisis. A decisive moment in their life to choose whether to give up their self-identity, self-life, and self-righteousness and submit to Christ's authority. Many people are so fiercely determined to to protect and control their self-rule that the Holy Spirit cannot convict them of their unrighteousness and their need for Jesus Christ to save them. Anyone who wants to maintain their own self-righteousness and self-sovereignty instead of submitting to Christ's righteousness and sovereignty will stumble over the cross of Christ every single time. Is the cross of Jesus a stumbling block to you in your life? Are the teachings of Jesus keeping you from committing to him? Are you tripping yourself up because of your own self-centeredness? Or are you making Christ your cornerstone this morning? Are you building your life on Jesus Christ by actually putting into practice what you are learning from God's word? I want to challenge each and every one of us today. To make today the day that you switch from the foolish builder to the wise builder. Take what you are hearing from God's word and begin to put it into practice. Live out your faith and begin to see what God establishes through you. And if you are outside of Christ this morning and you have not been building your life on Christ, our cornerstone that I want to invite you to come forward and begin to find out what it means to go all in with Jesus. As the praise team comes this morning, if you need prayer, if you need to come and, and seek wisdom and guidance, 
You need to discuss with someone. You need to find out what it means to build your life on the cornerstone of Jesus. Or maybe you just want to come and get connected with the body of Christ here at PV. We want to invite you to come as we sing. Will you stand? Will you pray with me? And if you have a decision to make this morning, will you come? So God, this morning, what a privilege it is to come before you. What a joy knowing that as we live this life, as we build, as we develop, as we try to live a life that's pleasing to you, I just thank you that we're reminded this morning that we're not doing it by ourselves. It's not about us and what we're going to accomplish. It's about you and what you're going to accomplish through us. You are our cornerstone, the rock, the sure foundation of our faith. And so, Father, we don't want to be the foolish builders that hear your words and then never do anything with them. Father, we want to be the wise builders that we take what we're being taught, that we take what we're reading in our daily devotions, that we take what we hear from sermons and from podcasts and from Wednesday night small groups or wherever we might hear your instructions and that we actually put them into practice. God, we want our house to stand firm. And so we build on you this morning. May we not allow the cross of Christ to be a stumbling block in our lives. And I pray this in the name and the power of your son, Jesus. Amen.